0: everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Abnormal Psychologist Podcast. This is Dr. Colby Taylor. I'm your host. Um, I'm a psychologist in Memphis, Tennessee, where I'm also an associate professor of behavioral sciences at Christian Brothers University. Today's episode is going to focus on kleptomania. So a few episodes back, had a mailbag request from Mara, And Mara asked that I do episodes on specific disruptive impulse control and conduct disorders. So way back in season one, I did sort of an overview episode. I think it was season one, episode 20 of disruptive impulse control and conduct disorders. And I sort of grouped them all together and talked about them in 20 minutes or so. Um, The last episode I did in this season was on pyromania. And so we're sort of continuing that series uh, with kleptomania today. Um, and I've got a really corny dad joke I was thinking about and prepping for this episode. So my dad joke is: uh, I'm diagnosing you with kleptomania because you just stole my heart. <laughs> it's so, it's so terrible. I'm gonna try that one on my wife Lauren when she gets home, and uh, we'll see how it goes over. I'm um, speaking of dad jokes. We're dealing with some stealing in our own house. So I have a three uh, three and a half year old daughter named Emerson. um, And Emerson is going through her terrible threes. Um, The terrible twos were nothing. Uh, The threes are uh, sort of where the behavioral difficulties are at. Um, And so two weeks ago, um, I was sitting at the kitchen table drinking my morning coffee. And uh, Emerson comes um, up to me with a $10 bill. And I recognize the $10 bill is coming from my wallet because I hardly ever carry cash on me. And I was like, "I, I know where that $10 bill came from. So I said, Emerson, where did you get that money? And uh, Emerson said, don't worry about it. And sort of ran off with the $10 bill. So I get up from drinking my coffee. Um, I go back into the bedroom and I find my wallet on the ground and there are no credit cards in my wallet. Uh, my driver's license, my, my CBU ID, all of that stuff is gone. I said, Emerson, what, what, you know, what did you do with my credit cards? She knows them as credit cards. Um, and she said, I've hidden them around the house in places you'll never find with sort of this evil grin on her face. Um, and so throughout the day, throughout that day, I sort of like varied back and forth between bribing her with ice cream and toys and everything um, to see if I could, she would tell me where you know, she had hidden my, my credit cards. Um, and then also threats of punishment. Um, uh, sort of that inconsistency I know is not great being a psychologist, but I was you know, desperate to get my, my driver's license and my uh, credit cards back Um, so you know, late that night, I finally, um, located all of my credit cards during the day. I'd asked her, you know, where did you, can you give me some hints where you hid them? She was like, no, they're just in dark places where you'll never find them. So she hid them in various dark places around the house. She's super clever. Like she slid some under our fish aquarium where I, I don't know how I found them. Um, but anyways, we're going through a stealing phase. Um, earlier that week, she had taken all of my wife, Lauren's jewelry and hidden them in various places around the house. Um, so these, these Easter egg hunts are, are not fun. Um, I almost had to cancel class. We are sort of in the last week of the semester at Christian Brothers, and um, I was getting ready to, to drive to, to teach my 9 a.m. class and was trying to find my car keys, and I couldn't find them. And so I looked at Emerson and said, where are my car keys? And she said, I, you know, I'm not telling you. Um, it turns out she had thrown them on top of the refrigerator and she's got a snack basket up there. And uh, I had searched for like 30 minutes and had already typed up an email that I was canceling class and I just happened to get hungry. I was going to raid her snack basket. And so I get it down and there are my keys. Um, So the stealing phase is not very fun. Um, And it's sort of relevant to kleptomania. Emerson, you know, a three and a half year old, a lot of three and a half year olds Uh, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds go through sort of stealing phases, we would not consider that a formal diagnosis of kleptomania. Um, I'm trying to use the, and this is probably bad psychology as well, uh, but the Santa threat on Emerson. um, So I I tell her, you know, Santa Claus is keeping track of if you're naughty or nice, and uh, if you're not being good, he's watching, um, and, you know, you might not get as many toys for Christmas or whatever. And uh, she was playing with um, her little brother, Rowan. Uh, Rowan is my year-and-a-half-old son. He's 18 months. Um, The other day, and Rowan's just sweet and gentle, and he was building with blocks, and Emerson takes one of the wooden blocks and hits him in the head. I said, Emerson, you know, we don't hit people with blocks. We don't hit people. Um, And I said, you know, Santa Claus is watching, and uh, she told me I'm going to hit Santa in the head with a block, too. So, (laughs) woo! Um, She is a pistol. All right, but the focus of today's episode is not on my bad parenting. It's on kleptomania. And in prepping for this episode, um, I read some really old articles from like the 19-teens and 1930s about kleptomania. Obviously, these were like super psychoanalytic. Um, There were really sexual explanations for why people steal. Um, especially among women. So in talking about disruptive impulse control and conduct disorders, you might remember from episode 20 of season one, that kleptomania is the only one of those disorders that's more prevalent in females than males. Pyromania, more prevalent in males than females. Same with like conduct disorder and oppositional defiant disorder and what have you. Um, But kleptomania is more prevalent in females than males. Um, so there were some really odd, you can go back and read from the the early 1900s, sexual explanations for why people and especially women steal. Um, stealing was a really bourgeoisie thing to do. It was a bougie thing to do among rich women in Paris in the late 1800s. Um, I was reading an article and one woman even reportedly said that stealing gave her more pleasure than her husband ever did. So that sort of goes along with the the sexual explanation of stealing. Um, kleptomania was an OG diagnosis. It was one of the original diagnoses that was in the DSM-1 that was published in 1952, but it disappeared for a little bit. Um, it wasn't a diagnosis that was listed in the DSM-2. Um, but of course now we have it back in the DSM-5 text revision. And it's been back for as long as I've studied psychology. Um, the name kleptomania, you know, I'm a word nerd, um, comes from the Greek kleptase for theft or thief. I think kleptase actually means thief. Um, so yeah, I mentioned that it is in the DSM-5-TR, the text revision. Um, so let's look at some of the diagnostic criteria. We'll basically have like five bullet point diagnostic criteria or criterion. I guess criterion would be the, the singular of criteria. Anyways, um, the first one is recurrent failure to resist impulses to steal objects that are not needed for personal use or for their monetary value. So you're not stealing because you're poor and you need something. This is not like uh, Lawrence Kohlberg's little Hans or Heinz uh, example, not Little Heinz, but you know, the Heinz dilemma, the Heinz example, where um, the man steals uh, life-saving medication to, to save his wife. That would not be included as kleptomania. Um, also, you know, occasionally you'll see celebrities on the news that are caught shoplifting. And obviously, these celebrities are incredibly wealthy. Um, They're stealing things that they don't need. This is sort of similar to the bougie women compulsively stealing in 19th century Paris. Um, They're not stealing out of need. They're stealing out of impulse. I think I might have mentioned back in season one, episode 20, uh, about a case of somebody with kleptomania, and they were stealing mayonnaise. Uh, And they got caught stealing mayonnaise, and the police went to raid this person's house. And they found just jars and jars of mayonnaise in this person's attic and garage. And it turns out the person didn't even like eating mayonnaise. Uh, they just sort of got this thrill from stealing something and, and mayonnaise was their thing. Um, they weren't selling it for monetary gain or whatever. Um, that case really stands out to me. All right. So the first diagnostic criteria, criterion whatever, is failure to resist impulses to steal objects that are not needed for personal use or their monetary value. Um, You also have an increasing sense of tension immediately before committing the theft. We sort of talked about that tension and then tension reduction after committing the act. We talked about pyromania. Um, When you commit the act, you get pleasure, gratification, or relief at the time of committing the theft. Uh, So this sort of goes back to that woman in Paris that said that stealing gave her more pleasure than her, her husband ever did. Um, it's also not committed to express anger or vengeance um, and is not in response to a delusion or hallucination, uh, which sort of goes along with the last diagnostic criteria. It's not better explained by a conduct disorder, a manic episode, um, or any social personality disorder, um, where you might have anger or vengeance with the conduct or antisocial, or you might be delusional or have a hallucination um, if it's a manic episode or um, during some sort of psychotic episode. Uh, We also want to rule out medical conditions, particularly uh, Prader-Willi syndrome. So I've seen and read about cases of Prader-Willi syndrome. Prader-Willi syndrome is a a genetic um, condition uh, that can lead to hormonal imbalances. And these hormonal imbalances can lead to you having like an insatiable appetite. And especially among children with uh, Prader-Willi, they might steal food and hoard that food be because of those hormonal imbalances and their sort of ravenous appetites. The average age of onset of kleptomania is about 18 years and some change. Um, And, you know, working in the schools, uh, it seems like every year I would get a referral from a teacher or even parents um, about a child with, you know, sticky fingers. Um, And I don't really consider a child having sticky fingers kleptomania yet. You know, oftentimes they're stealing things from their teacher's desk, sometimes stealing things from their peers, their peers' backpacks or cubbies or whatever. And sometimes they hoard that stuff and don't even use it. Um, And there is a possible comorbidity with hoarding disorder, sort of the mayonnaise example that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, You might see some comorbidities with hoarding disorder. Uh, Anyways, with kids, uh, I want to screen for abuse and neglect if I'm seeing those stealing behaviors. Um, I want to make sure that they're not just stealing because they're food insecure or whatever. Um, Now, there's technically nothing in the DSM-5 that disqualifies diagnosing children with kleptomania. Um, There's actually very little known about the course of kleptomania, and frankly, uh, very little known about kleptomania in general. Um, The write-up on the condition is super unsatisfyingly brief in the DSM-5 TR, so we don't know that much about kleptomania. And um, the reason I do this episode right after pyromania is not just because um, my daughter might be a budding kleptomaniac. Um, The reason I do it after pyromania is there are some parallels with pyromania. Um, Obviously, both are impulse control disorders. Um, In addition to kleptomania possibly being comorbid with hoarding disorder, uh, which is an obsessive compulsive and related disorder. And maybe we see some of the same sort of uh, uh, neurotransmitter stuff going on there. Um, We'll see comorbidities, just like with pyromania, with alcohol use disorder and other substance use disorders. Neurochemically, just like with pyromania, with kleptomania, dopamine, glutamate, and serotonin are likely involved. Um, You'll also see treatment, there's not like some super well-prescribed treatment protocols for kleptomania, um, but uh, in the treatment protocols that I've seen, or at least case studies that I've seen, um, uh, cases are treated with uh, SSRIs. And seizure medications like Topramate, which we talked about Topramate being used with pyromania. Um, also, just like pyromania, there is an increased risk of suicide for people with kleptomania. Um, again, this is one of those impulse control and conduct disorders, disruptive impulse control and conduct disorders, that's more common in females than males by about three to one, three to one ratio. Um, but I do want to give a caveat on this female preponderance. It might be that females are more likely to be referred for psychiatric care for their stealing than to the penal system. And maybe males are just more likely to be jailed for their theft or stealing behavior. So maybe uh, we jump the gun and, you know, uh, are more likely to diagnose women with a mental disorder and more likely to criminalize this behavior in men. Um, So that can possibly explain some of the uh, disproportionate uh, gender prevalence. And last thing, while I was prepping for this episode, um, you know, there was an interesting parallel, just like with pyromania, um, on these maybe being sort of like addictive disorders, again, involving dopamine, glutamate, and serotonin. Um, And there were some descriptions of possible tolerance related to kleptomania. So tolerance with a drug, right? We talk about you needing more and more of that drug to achieve achieve the same effects, to achieve the same high. Um, with tolerance with kleptomania, some people escalate the amount of things they're stealing, the amount of things or the value of the things they're stealing because they need to sort of up the ante every time to get the same pleasure, gratification, whatever from, from stealing, which I thought was super, super interesting. All right. That's everything I've got on kleptomania. Um, If you want to send me some advice on dealing with my, my daughter's own stealing behaviors, I would be uh, welcome to, to read it. Um, speaking of reading things, uh, we do have some stuff in the mailbag. Um, I haven't been able to catch up on all my mailbag stuff as I'm wrapping up the semester, but I did get one that rolled in a couple of days ago. This is hi, Dr. Taylor. Hope you're doing well. I found your podcast and love it. It's a great entry into the study of psychology and I also enjoy hearing about your life over in America. Um, she lives in New Zealand. Uh, I'm not up to date with the podcast yet, so I still wanted to reach out and say thank you for it. My question is answered on another episode. If it's answered on another episode, I'll soon find out, Um, which it's not. She's interested in whether talk therapy can physically change the brain and why talk therapy is effective in treating some mental illnesses like anxiety and depression. It sounds like we understand how certain medications affect brain chemistry to lessen mental illness symptoms, but how does talk therapy work? Also, I wonder if there are any ideas about which treatment is more effective for long-term mental wellness for those who have anxiety and depression. Um, Thanks again. I'm looking forward to the episodes ahead of me. Signed, Nick. And um, so Nick, this is like a a, a super um, revolutionary uh, thing in mental health right now is seeing how both neurochemically and structurally talk therapy makes physical identifiable changes in the brain. And so I'd be happy to um, to dedicate an episode to sort of the, the front line of this research, um, how talk therapy um, can change brain structures and brain chemistry. Um, as always, you can send a mailbag request or questions, comments, hate mail, whatever, to y l o four one at cvu.edu. And uh, I'll try to get back in touch with you. Um, anyways, that's it for this episode. Uh, I'll try to publish maybe couple more before Christmas. Um, but until the next one drops, take care and stay well.